Broadcasting live across the great state of Montana. Powered by the Montana Electric Cooperative Association. Your Montana Electric Cooperative. They do much more than keep the lights on for you. This is Montana Talks with Aaron Flint. Well, this was great. Before we even kicked off the show here in this 9 o'clock hour for you, we already had a caller on the phone lines from Wolf Point. You know, Dave and Wolf Point, we go live 9.06 a.m. on KVCK, and Dave already racked and stacked, ready to roll, ready to jump in on the phone lines. Uh, and we're going to get to Dave here. I, I, I asked Dave, I said, hey, Dave, do you mind calling back around 9.20? Uh, because we got a big guest uh, regarding some breaking news that we're going to start off the show with here this morning. And then uh, we'll open up the phone lines. we got John Jackson, the Joker, sidekicking with us uh, for the rest of the hour after that. So we'll hear from Dave. And you'll get the chance to call in as well. But first up, though, uh, very excited to have Nancy Schlepp with Sandfire Resources on the phone lines with us right now. Um, you guys probably heard the big news. The Montana Supreme Court rules in favor of the copper mine, of the, the, the big copper mine proposed near White Sulphur Springs, Montana. And uh, Nancy Schlepp, first off, your reaction to this news. Thanks for being with us. Oh, thanks, Aaron, for having me on the show. And, and we are so thrilled with this decision. The fact that Black Butte Copper was able to prove that you can't have economic development while protecting the environment, and, and you do it with science. And we are just over the moon happy that the Montana Supreme Court decided in our favor 5-2. to two. Yeah, so uh, for folks who, who don't know your background, I know you're pretty well known across the state. You're a former Mar County Commissioner. You grew up in the White Sulphur Springs area. You're a, you are you grew up on a, a Ringling, uh, Montana ranch family. And so you know how important this type of economic development is for folks that want to keep their kids, you know, at home and, and in the area for high-paying jobs like this. Absolutely. We, we need to have new wealth in Montana to be able to create jobs and keep our kids here. And we need to diversify the economy. Uh, I think every job that is here is an important job, but the strongest economy is a diversified one. So it is, it is great that we're going to be able to go forward with a natural resource project in our treasure state. So is, is this the last major hurdle now to clear before we can actually see this project finally become a reality with the, with the Black Butte Copper Mine? It, it is the biggest hurdle that we needed to overcome with the mine operating permit. And so since our project is completely on private property, um, this cannot go to a higher court. So, so the mine operating permit now is reinstated and we can go forward. There is a smaller challenge that the environmental NGOs are taking um, to the Supreme Court as well related to a water rights challenge. But the interesting thing about that is they settled with our entire mitigation package on water. The only thing that's happening is they're using our case to challenge the definition in the Montana Constitution of hmm. the um, beneficial use of water. Interesting, so but this was the biggest hurdle. Rights. This was the biggest hurdle. Them. Yeah. Hold, hold that thought. Uh, we we want to hear more from Nancy Schlepp. We're going to take a very quick hard break here on Montana Talks and then uh, more to follow right after this. This is where Montana Talks. Montana Talks with Aaron Flint. 
Yeah, really appreciate having Nancy Schlepp with us here. And, and uh, yeah, we reached out kind of last minute after we saw the, the big news here out of the Montana Supreme Court yesterday. In a 5-2 decision, the Montana Supreme Court overturning a lower court decision that effectively blocked work on the Black Butte copper mine near White Sulphur Springs. And so, uh, yeah, Nancy, I was catching up with you a little bit more during the break. And so you were basically saying that, hey, now construction can start to move forward after this uh, hurdle uh, that you cleared yesterday at the Montana Supreme Court. Yes, our mine operating permit is reinstated. We have the water rights we need to go forward. And and so we can go forward. It's going to be slower than it would have been before COVID with uh, supply chains and and equipment and contractors. Uh, but we should we should be uh, turning the corner and getting into construction in the the next year or eighteen months. So you know it's kind of crazy. I think about you know I drive a normal pickup right you know with a normal engine. My neighbor's got an electric vehicle, uh, and and for cruising around town, he likes it right. That electric vehicle uses four times the amount of copper that my vehicle would use, right? So it's just kind of interesting that some of the people who would oppose something like a copper mine are also the people who would try who would try to impose electric vehicles that use four times more copper on the rest of us. Uh, but that being said, so many different uses for copper right now. So clearly, more copper mining is needed. How big, you know, for, for folks who are aware of the Black Butte copper mine but might forget some of the specifics, how big of an economic opportunity is this mine, uh, not just for Montana, but more importantly for Mar County, for, for your neck of the woods? Yeah, thank you for asking. So it's kind of the best of both worlds because we have uh, fairly high-grade copper worldwide. In fact, it's the second-highest-grade copper being developed in the world. The highest is in the, in the Congo and we sit right under 3% as, as the grade, which is, is pretty phenomenal overall. And these are um, densely located, so it'll be all underground mining, and it can be mined very densely into small areas, so it's good for the environment. And economically, we will provide 240 jobs uh, when we're in operation. This is going to be huge for for Central Montana and will be the biggest employer in Mark County. And so when you, you talk about mining, you usually think that half of your employees will be from the area or move to the area and the others will be from about an 80-mile radius. And we don't think that will be much different than that. But our community in White Sulphur has sure been excited about having families move here as a, as a Class C community that you always want your school to be stable. Well, that's right. I mean, I think about, you know, what that's going to what that's going to mean for the local area, aside from just the jobs and the economic impact, but the revenue and and how that can be used. Uh, It's kind of like, you know, we look at Baker, Montana and the nice athletic uh, facilities they have there. And it's like, well, there's a reason. There's a reason Wyoming may have some better roads when you cross uh, south of the border in in some of these areas. There's a reason why they might have uh, nicer uh, school facilities, et cetera. Right. You know, there's always a direct connection to your natural resource community when you see the health of, health of a community. And so there's a lot of possibilities here. And, and one of the things I guess I'll mention about Mark County is uh, back when I was a county commissioner, which is, which is a while ago now, 
I, I stopped being county commissioner 10 years ago, but during that time, Mark County was one of the 10 poorest counties in the, in the nation. Um, you know, we had seen our, our logging facilities closed, not many jobs come back in the area. So this is really an opportunity for us to, to invest in our community and diversify and hopefully become what we want to for the next hundred years. And one of the things that we've done so that we can develop this the right way is created the Mark County Stewardship Council, which will be an oversight council for us that we meet with regularly and is helping us create a community benefit agreement where we will have money to go for revolving loan funds and environmental uh, sustainability and uh, a long-term foundation fund that we're still negotiating. But it's really positive for the community and for the locals and, and the company. Well, and I think just the, the great economic development news and things like this is similar to like, you know, the good news for Glendive with the ammo manufacturer with Bristol Defense there, Absolutely. which is it yes. supports the agricultural communities because, you know, ag families might get split up because it's not like back in the day where multiple families could run the farm or the ranch. And whereas now it's like, okay, you know, one son or daughter might might run the ranch, but then maybe the other brothers and sisters have to, have to leave the state even potentially to find work, to find economic opportunity. Well, what if now more of those families can stay because of the economic opportunities that are there? Right. It is it's just a tremendous opportunity. And and to make sure that we can bring education and, and make sure our, our local workforce is ready for that, we have teamed with Highlands College out of Butte, which is the two-year institution associated with Montana Tech, to create a finding technology degree so that anybody that works here can can get that two-year degree and we can have training for all the local people that want to work here. Well, great news. Nancy Schlepp, congratulations, and uh, thanks for joining us uh, to talk about the big news the day after the, the news came out of the Montana Supreme Court. Appreciate your time this morning. Thank you so much. It's a good day for Montana. That's right. And, and keep us posted and on any uh, new developments as well, because I know a lot of folks will be excited to hear uh, when when you start hiring and, and, and other things like that. Uh, Nancy Schlepp, great to have you on the show. All right, coming up after this, uh, as promised, we're going to go to Dave in Wolf Point. He's kicking off our open phones portion of the show. Uh, listening to K- KVCK Radio out of Wolf Point. So, Dave, you'll be first up. Uh, and you can call in as well, 406-294-0970, or message us on our Montana Talks app. And, and oh, yeah, did I mention um, it's going to get a little unwoke, too? John Jackson, the Joker from Twitter, is sidekicking with us for the rest of the hour. This is where Montana talks. Montana Talks with Aaron Flint. All right. Yeah, I mentioned we got John Jackson, the Joker from Twitter, sidekicking with us here, taking your phone calls as well. 406 294 And as I mentioned, before we even started the program this morning, uh, we already had a great caller on the phone lines wanting to be heard all across Montana. Dave in Wolf Point, thanks for calling in. And, yeah, what were you just itching to share with folks all across Montana this morning? Well, thanks, Aaron. Thank you and taking the call. And you and all the veterans for the service they've put out. Uh, You know, all our military and veterans who served and fought to protect our nation and our borders Joe Biden is laughing at at all our veterans and military with his open border policies. You know, that our veterans fought and died and lost limbs for. 
I mean, this is ridiculous. A president that can't support our vets and military and, and, uh, you know, it's, it, it, it's so sad. Any politician that backs that open border that Joe and the Democrats are supporting should, you know, <laughs> They're, they shouldn't be doing that, no matter what political party you belong to. You know, you should vote, don't vote for Joe Biden and his border policies and a lot of other things. But God bless our military and veterans and responders. That You know, Joe is spending billions of dollars on illegals. That should be going to our veterans, military, and the legal people in our cities, small towns, and reservations in the USA. Illegals are killing our legal citizens, and Joe just lets them out to do the same thing again. That's right. With the with the with the full backing of liberal Senator John Tester, who who is with him every every step of the way. Well, no, well, well said, Dave, and yeah, thank you, and, and a special thanks to the to the the spouses and the family members of those service members who have yes deployed yes, constantly and been away from their loved ones, con- and law enforcement as well. I mean, heck, even like John, he. He's a yep. retired yep. federal law enforcement officer. He was overseas in, in places like Afghanistan, too. Right. All those people, you know, Joe's laughing at. He's not taking care of them, you know. And just got to say, it's so frustrating to see him break the law. <laughs> and he's going down to Brownsville where there's not very many people going this Thursday, you know, crossing the border. Yeah. He, he's going instead of Eagle Pass. Or, or places in California and Arizona right now where they're just flooding in by the thousands every single day. Uh, well, well, Dave, thanks for the call. Great to hear from you. Uh, John Jackson, the Joker from Twitter, here with us as well. John, you and I were kind of having a similar conversation earlier um, via Twitter. Uh, I mean, you made a great point. I think I shared this on the show yesterday. Here's this active duty Air Force service member, only 25 years old, burns himself alive in front of the Israeli embassy to post some radical message in support of these Hamas terrorists in the Gaza Strip that committed the worst attack on Jewish civilians since the Holocaust. And this kid lights himself on fire to support that, uh, to support the Hamas terrorists. And, And you made a great point. Well, it's a good thing they got all those extremists out of the military. But yet look at all of these patriots that Joe Biden and John Tester were kicking to the curb if they didn't get the jab. Oh, yeah. And to your to your caller's point, you know, talking about the border, that's one more thing I wanted to remind everybody this morning, uh, and I said it in the previous hour. Don't pay attention to all the, the circus uh, impeachment and the rage porn out here. For the next month or so, watch the money. Okay, you've been hearing that since, since uh, Nixon time. Follow the money. Watch what our representatives are getting ready to do in these next couple of months with the budget, with Ukraine, with the border, with Israel, and with FISA. What, follow the money and follow what they promised us they were going to do. Let's see in this next month if they do it. Yeah, no, well said. Um, I'm going to get to Ron and Kalispell next up on the phone lines. But one of the thing I wanted to add to the conversation we just had, just had a great chat with uh, talking about the Black Butte Copper Mine. 
And the Montana Supreme Court, some people may be surprised. Wow, I can't believe the Montana Supreme Court actually allowed this copper mine to clear this hurdle. Well, it is an election year, and thankfully, even the radical left-wing Montana Supreme Court realizes, oh, man, we better pretend to be moderate. Uh, We better pretend to be conservative. We better pretend to support common-sense projects like this because it's an election year. And we've seen that kind of as a pattern over the years, not just with with Tester, but with the liberal Supreme Court as well. You know what breaks the mind? You know those old, uh, like, 1970s infomercials where the guy would say, isn't that amazing? (laughs) Isn't it amazing that the Montana State Supreme Court, who sides with the climate lunatics on everything, decides to grant this, right? Isn't that amazing yeah and it and it makes you wonder uh you know okay what are they going to rule on now but then they'll just they'll use this as an excuse well we allowed that to happen uh so see we're moderate we're reasonable yeah yeah they, they must have borrowed flip-flops uh, from a certain united states senator get that haircut get that flat top going there <laughs> uh, ron in kalispell what's going on yeah, good morning. Thanks for taking my phone call. Morning. First of all, I'd have to apologize to the people in the state of Montana because I actually did vote for Tester the first time. Well, and you know I what? The uh, the confession box is open. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. Well, you know, doggone it. After I watched him, uh, you know, how he kind of did things. But the reason I called him is, if I remember right, didn't he announce at some point in time a year, few years back that he was going to take on the credit card companies for charging exuberant uh interest rates it was he called it loan sharking and then it just sort of went away i wonder what happened there you know i mean that just he kind of you know dropped that there i just was wondering well didn't he get know, a bunch of campaign contributions from the credit card companies or something like that well i kind of have a hunch maybe there was something there because all of a sudden it just went away mm-hmm. the other thing that drives me crazy is when i watch this commercial and i see him driving that old farm pickup you know i mean the guy's a multi-millionaire and he wants us to believe that he's just this little ma guy from Montana, you know, driving his old farm truck, you know. And it's just, it's so bogus. It's really sad. I just, uh, anyway, that was all I had to say. Hey, uh, Ron, before you go, so you mentioned, um, you, you did your uh, taxi cab confessional here and mentioned that you voted for Tester. Uh, so wh- why did you vote for him in the first place and what's changed since then? I'm, I'm just interested. And you don't have to share if you don't want to, but but I'm just interested. No, I'm, I'm- Actually, I'm glad you asked that because uh, wasn't Conrad Burns your old boss? I, I worked for him for uh, yeah for a, a couple three years in Washington D.C. Yeah. Well, I was uh, invited to speak to to uh, Conrad personally on some uh, for a group of people, and I met with him, and we spoke, and he just um, he didn't treat me very well. He just like he kind of had disrespect for me. Uh, that was a waste of his time. And it just seemed to me like, well, like Chester said, he had just gotten too comfortable in Washington, D.C. And then I fell for Chester's, you know, campaign promise that he was going to take Montana values to Washington, D.C., which turned out to be bogus. I think as soon as he stepped off the plane there, they took him inside and explained to him how things worked there. And uh, that's why he's voted, you know, 90 per, over 90 percent 
you know, party party line. Yeah. Uh, well, he, he's, yeah that, well, that's interesting. Yeah, because it, it is interesting because for those of us who were around in 2006, I wasn't working for Conrad in 06. I, I worked for him, you know, I went to college in D.C., so started interning in 98 and then became, you know, full-time legislative staffer eventually while I was still in college. And I was there working for him when we beat Brian Schweitzer in 2000. And Brian Schweitzer was a good campaigner back then. But but if, if for those who were around in 06, everything that that Joe that uh, I said Joe Biden, everything that John Tester said, Freudian slip, everything that John Tester said about Conrad Burns back then could be said about about John Tester now. I mean, he was complaining oh, about absolutely. the national debt. He was complaining about lobbyist money. John Tester was number one in lobbyist money. Now he's the number two Senate Democrat in lobbyist money. The national debt, heck, it was six trillion then. It's over. It's going to be thirty-five trillion now. And, and everything in uh, everything he 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 attacked Conrad Burns for then. I mean, he's been there too long. Well, John Tester, how long has he been there now? I agree. I agree 100% with exactly what you just said, you know, because, um, well, everything gets bigger, including him. <laughs> oh, well, it's, you know, I, I was I was getting bigger myself, too, so I'm not going to knock somebody because of their waistline. But luckily, I found our friends at Billings Last Diet and uh, the ideal protein uh, products have been really helpful for me. But uh, but then again, I don't have one point two million dollars to spend on fancy Washington, D.C. restaurants either, though. Hey, uh, thanks for the call, Ron. Great to hear from you, John. I, uh, that call was very interesting um, in what he had to say, because uh, that's what I wonder with a lot of a lot of folks who voted for Tester in the last three Senate elections, will they fall for it again this year? Where Will they fall for the, oh, whistle zippers. <laughs> oh, shucks. Will they fall for the old prospector phony campaign commercials again? Or, or have they now just gotten to be like, okay, I've seen this shtick too many times. I see what's happening to this country. I'm not buying it. Well, here's the ugly truth about it. And you saw this in 2018, and you're seeing it again now. Um, Tester absolutely sides with the radical left on every single issue. But what he counts on two things. First of all, he counts on the Montana media never reporting this as, as, a, as a group to a, to a widespread audience. And second of all, here's the ugly truth. He counts on all of us being stupid. All of us being, you know, just old Montana rubes out on the farm that are not ever going to really pay attention to how he votes and what his stances are. And, and that's got to change. And, he, and he's got millions and millions of dollars from California, from lobbyists, from the, you know, from the, the foreign billionaires like Hans Wies that are funding so-called non-political activities. It's a revolving door. So he's got a lot of money to put out a fake narrative. But you're right. It ultimately comes down to are we going to buy it or are we really dumb enough to fall for it? He uh, thinks you are. He thinks yep. you are. Uh, well said. Let's go to Steve and Bozeman coming up right after this. I was going to sneak him on, but I'm hearing the music. So, Steve, if you can, stand by. You'll be first up right after the break. Phone lines are open for you as well, 406-294-0970. Uh, and we got John Jackson, the joker from Twitter here, sidekicking with us as well. Oh, you can message us on our Montana Talks app as well. I know some of you are busy, so that's a quick way to get your message out. This is where Montana Talks app with Lane Nordland. A bearish cattle on feed report was released this past Friday by USDA. To break down the numbers, here's Shale Shagum, USDA livestock analyst. The number of cattle on feed on February 1st was just under 11.8 million head, which was just about 40,000 head above uh, 2023. 
Uh, during January, approximately 1.8 million head of cattle were placed in feedlots, which was about 7% below a year ago. Uh, during January, the number of cattle marketed from feedlots was about 1.8 million head, about unchanged from a year ago. However, uh, we did have one extra slaughter day in January. So if you make the comparison on uh, on a per day basis, marketing is roughly about 5% below a year ago. But livestock analysts are saying though the numbers on paper are having a bearish tone, especially for placements when comparing feeder and stocker cattle summary data released by USDA every week, things just aren't adding up when comparing data from 2023 to 2024 and that USDA may have got it wrong on the placement data. I'm Lane North Blonde. This is where Montana talks. Montana talks with Aaron Flint. All right, 406-294-0970 is the number for you. Or you can message us on our Montana Talks app as well if you'd like anything and everything you want to talk about here on the show where you get to talk. Uh, Steve in Bozeman, thanks for the call. Hope you're able to stick around there during the break. Yep, you bet. Hey, guys. Hey. Um, it, it seems like we've got a lot of bad guys coming across the border, but we also got a lot of working for the cartel but we also got a lot of good guys coming across the border running away from the cartel and um and it, it seems like um you know focusing on the wall and stuff is kind of just trying to deal with the symptom and the root are the cartels and one of the things i appreciate about uh, i saw a commercial that she had put on that he said he would you know attack and destroy the cartels and we've done that in Afghanistan. We've done it in Iraq. Um, and, you know, we're, we've got special forces that are experts at helping mm-hmm. return countries back to the people. Um, what, what do you guys think about that? Like, no, that's trying a good, to yeah. the roots of it. And, and I see exactly where you're coming from. Yeah, no, exactly. Um, let, me, let me just clarify. So, Steve, you're not saying that we shouldn't build that wall or we shouldn't have other border security measures or that we shouldn't be returning people. But what you're saying is that fundamentally we've got to go to the root of, of the problem, which is attacking yeah. the drug cartels, right? Yeah. I, you know, I saw one thing. There was a, a grandpa who had loaded his entire family, three generations of a family, into a U-Haul spend his entire life savings probably in American cash to pay to get across the border and they suffocated in that U-Haul. Mm. Well, I, my guess is he probably knew that there was a good chance that that was going to happen, but whatever, but that chance was better than whatever was going on behind him. Well, and, uh, and how do we know if any of these stories are true? I mean, just because some guy shows up on the southern border with a sob story pretending to be friend doesn't mean he's a friend, right? I mean, how many people did we see in Afghanistan? They're like, oh, no, Mr. Friend. No good people here in Iraq. Oh, no good people. Really? Then why did a bomb just go off half a block away from you if good people live here, right? Uh, hey, Steve, thanks for the phone call. Um yeah, John, what's, what's your take on this? Because uh, I, I agree, and I think what, what Tim Sheehy has laid out here, it's similar to what uh, uh, what our good friend, the general uh, out, of the, out of Big Fork, talked about, Major General Paul Vallely talked about, which is like this 
lily pad approach on our southern border where you could have special operations bases basically working with federal law enforcement you know doing cross-border strikes now you got to figure out how to you, you, you know, how do you, how do, you can't really work with the current Mexican government right now. But then again, if you have a President Trump in there that can actually force these types of things, it could be a totally different ballgame when it comes to dealing with the Mexican government. Well, I'll do my impression from of Negan from it from The Walking Dead. Easy peasy, lemon squeezy. Right now, I'm telling you that is so easy. If I was if I'm Trump, say Trump's chief of staff, I'm going to make one phone call to the president of Mexico. And I'm going to tell him, you have 30 days to stop this, stop the drug traffickers and stop the human traffickers, or we are going to start special operations inside your country. And you're not going to like the result. There's going to be a lot of people going down. Take care of it. And you will. And not only that, we will cut foreign aid. We are playing for keeps now. And you will see that stuff stop as if by a miracle. It will stop just like that. Well, yeah, and uh, Stephen Bozeman, his his phone call reminded me of something, too. Uh, first off, yeah, I think you're exactly right. Like, right now, we've got the president of Mexico demanding that Biden do this, demanding yep. that Biden do that, demanding that Biden send him billions of dollars. Whoa, whoa, whoa. We need a president, once again, who says, no, 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 no. You, you don't demand us. We will tell you. That's how this is going to work right now, buddy. Classic movie called Miller's Crossing. I don't know if you ever saw it, where the uh, the big mob was a boss, bar in Helena. I thought that was <laughs> the big mob boss told one of his subordinate mob bosses. He said, "Listen here, you're only as big as I let you be, and no bigger. And don't forget it ever." That's the message that, yeah, needs to go back down to Mexico. Uh, we need to do a John Jackson movie day where, you know, we just – John will pick three or four movies. We all go to the movie theater. We rent out the movie theater, and then he'll do commentary in between. He'll pause the movie and say, okay, did you hear what Scarface just said right Mystery there? Science Theater. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> um, but what he reminded me of – so um, I was trying to find the tweet because I, I, I was looking at this earlier. Um, so – Everybody's heard about the illegal alien who is the suspect accused of murdering the young um, the young lady, the college student who was out for a run in Georgia. And, and as I outlined on the show yesterday, this guy has had previous run-ins with the law. He broke into this country illegally. That's run-in. He, uh, he broke some other laws in New York. They arrested him. They put him back out on the streets. Now he murders this young lady in in uh, in Georgia, well, he lied uh, to uh, Customs and Border uh, officials. Big surprise, right? Somebody's going to break into the country illegally. Oh no, they're honest people, right? <laughs> yeah, right. jeez. So he lies. the The woman who married him admitted that yeah, they weren't really married. They didn't really want to be married. They just told the border officials that they were married so they could get an easier pass and get into the country. That's the guy who murdered the young college student. His brother is also here illegally. His brother basically beat up a Border Patrol agent, got into a fight with the Border Patrol agent, and you know how he got off for beating up a Border Patrol agent? He claimed it was an epileptic seizure. He wasn't actually punching the Border Patrol agent. It was an epileptic seizure. Duh! Yeah. Some bureaucrat said, OK, here you go. And this guy's committed multiple crimes, too. I, I mean, 
This, this is what is going on in this country. They don't care if you have a rap sheet. They dump you back out onto the streets of America. What you saw what, uh, here, what was it, about 15 minutes ago, we saw breaking news uh, from Mark Hemingway. Oh, this one's awful. Molly yeah. Hemingway's uh, husband that apparently he, that he also disfigured this woman's skull. Uh, that was the headline, and I haven't seen further details on it, but th- these are not j- pickpockets that Joe Biden is letting into this country. These are murderous psychopaths. Yeah, oh, here, I found the tweet. It was from Ashley St. Clair, uh, the brother of the murder suspect in Georgia, assaulted a Border Patrol agent and got off by claiming it was epilepsy, then gets arrested three other times in Georgia, still here in the United States. Bill Malusian had, had one the other day in California. He went up to him and real quick says, why are you here? And the guy in, in, in perfect English says, well, I'm a homosexual. <laughs> and so Belushi says, oh, so, um, so you're discriminated for that in your country? Oh, yes, 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 I am, I am a Muslim, and I would be killed in my country if, 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 for my homosexuality. And you, like, boom, I mean, you, I mean, he just got told that 15 minutes ago by, by one of these NGO lawyers on the other side of the border. Hey, tell, tell them you're a homosexual. Yeah, that's all. That's your get into the country yeah, free charge. Yeah, ridiculous. Yeah. I, well, you were, I, I saw when you sent that out via Twitter, and for some reason I was thinking about the movie American pie back in the 90s like okay prove it buddy yeah right here on camera no no mister no proof no proof <laughs> like somebody said one of my followers said grab his cell phone and see what his internet search history is his his, his porn hub search history is i bet you it won't show that he's a homosexual well man. i don't know coming from some of those middle eastern countries i mean you saw some of those terrorists those guys you know i i mean i'm not i'm not commenting on people and, and the way you live your life this is a America, you live your lifestyle, but I'm just saying, man, these these Aaron, radical Islamists, they got to, you know. Now, Aaron, are you telling me you are not participating in Man Love Thursday? <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, on Man Love Thursday in Afghanistan, oh, man. <laughs> I would so this was a this was a pro tip. Um, I would make sure that I was just a first lieutenant at the time, so I was the assistant team chief on our team. I would make sure that the captain was sitting next to the Afghan police chief. I would sit across the table, and then the captain was the one that had the guy grabbing him on the knee, you know, and, and rubbing his leg. I sat across the table. So, uh, I was the the backup on my team. I was the number two, and so every Man Love Thursday they'd want to go and hang out with the cops and you know do their little dancethon in Man Love Thursday. So they were. In Invite me because I was ding, number two. I'm like, I know, I don't think so. Yeah. I hit the gym. I'm, yeah. sec- I'm on security. Yeah, I, I, I'm on yeah security. I don't think so. Yeah. All right, let's go to Frank in the Flathead. Frank, what's going on? Hey, good morning, guys. Hey, just morning. Uh, real quick, there was uh, one candidate in the primary that did uh, want to implement the private joker's plan there of uh, special forces into Mexico, and uh, but uh, I guess we're all with Trump now. But hey, this Lincoln Riley thing, this should be our George Floyd moment. This is ridiculous. Daniel Horowitz pointed it out. Uh, if you guys, I don't know, I'm old enough to remember uh, the Willie Horton ad that uh, the Republicans ran against uh, Dukakis. And it's time for some Willie Horton ads to put the face of Lincoln Riley and these criminals that are coming across the border uh, and hang it around the neck of Tester and Biden and all these Democrats. But we can't let them take, the only ones that take the fire. These Republicans need to take fire too. They, probably half of them are for this. They play games with their votes. They pretend they're against it, and all they care about is Ukraine and spending more money. I guarantee you that uh, Langford that was uh, flipping up that uh, last bill that stunk, 
he was he was pulling right there's probably a lot of other republicans for it but they figured out who already getting to ready to sell us out sure. probably again all right we got to hold Broadcasting live across the great state of Montana, powered by the Montana Electric Cooperative Association. Your Montana Electric Cooperative, they do much more than keep the lights on for you. This is Montana Talks with Aaron Flint. Yeah, thanks to Frank and the Flathead for the phone call. And another great point that Frank made, and I chatted with him briefly during the break, uh, since we had to hit that hard break there, he, he made a good point. He goes like, look, he's like, look, we get it. The, the Democrats aren't going to support border security. Focus on the Republicans. And Frank, I think you're, you're exactly right. I think the message to the Republicans in D.C. right now should be, Joe Biden is going to the border later this week because he knows the American people are demanding action on our southern border. So 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 do not cave on spending. Do not cave. Do not give them what they want. We need to secure our our border first. Uh, Let's see. um, uh, John, I think John and Bozeman, I think, sent us this message regarding the previous call and, and earlier caller uh, talking about the southern border. No matter how good. The people we have coming across our border are, they are still in our country illegally. They are breaking the law by crossing our border. End of story. Good point, John. Uh, John Jackson, the Joker from Twitter with us here as well, sidekicking this morning. Uh, Greg Franks in Billings made a good point. You know, um, we had a caller talking about, you know, why he voted for Tester back in the day, but why he is has seen through it now and, and is not voting for John Tester again. Um, Greg Frank said this. He says, you know, one thing different that can be said about Conrad as opposed to John Tester, Conrad didn't come back from Washington being a multimillionaire. That's a very good point there. Say whatever you want about Conrad Burns versus John Tester after three terms in the Senate. Uh, uh, hmm, how come John Tester made so much more money and is worth millions and millions of dollars now when he wasn't before? Well, a a very, very consistent message that the great Rush Limbaugh had for, you, you're talking 20 years or more, is he constantly told you and showed you by example, there is no such thing as a moderate Democrat. Not anymore. Maybe maybe the 90s or the 80s going back before that, maybe then. They're all gone. There are no more Joe Liebermans out there. And all of them that say they are are lying their asses off. Or Do not, not believe it. Or they're not in elected office. They're not allowed to be in elected office. Yeah, so, yeah for sure. Do not believe it for a second. Hey, there was something you shared via, uh, via Twitter uh, here uh, within the last 12 hours or so that I didn't get to yet. So uh, Democrat Representative Katie Porter talking about the murder of 22-year-old Lakin Riley by an illegal alien. Listen to what she had to say on CNN. Well, I think when a horrible tragedy like like this happens, I think whenever we're dealing um, with violent crime, there is a sense of outrage, of sadness, and of loss. But I think the important thing to focus on is any one instance shouldn't shape our overall immigration policy. Well, yeah, John, just one instance of an illegal alien killing somebody. Oh, yeah, 
outright. We've got multiple incidents all over Montana even, let alone elsewhere in the country. All you have to do, like, like we said a, a few segments ago, all you have to do is go onto Twitter, go onto social media, and you will see these instances, multiple of them, every day in every big city across the country. And even here in small town Montana, this is not one instance. This is a illegal immigrant crime wave across the country. And my response to her right there, just on that, if you think one instance shouldn't be used to change policy, apply that to gun control. Yeah, good point. Or George Floyd or yeah. or you name it. All right, we we got to lighten up before we wrap up the hour here. We we, we got to, you know, we got to... Francis. Yeah, like, <laughs> you be nice to Francis. She'll come down here and, you know, kneecap you, all right? Hey, uh, um, so have you seen, like, these these videos on social media? Uh, they're like reels. It's like people will take Trump's, like a Trump soundbite, but then they'll put like a, a graphic on it. So like there's one really funny one. You know, when my wife asks me if I ever did that chore I was supposed to do, and then there's Trump saying, I, I, you're telling me this now for the first time. <laughs> this is the first time I'm, I'm surprised. I've never heard about this before, you know. So there's just a bunch of hilarious where they take Trump sound bites and apply them to like everyday life. Well, this one is making the rounds. Um, this one is making the rounds. It's and the the wording, uh, the words above the video say, when HR wants you to say one nice thing about your coworker, can you just say one nice thing about your coworker? Well, I would have said experience, but he doesn't really have experience because I don't think he remembers what he did yesterday. So how is that experience? He's been there a long time. He was never known as a smart person. Pick one good thing. Yeah, anyway, I just love these Trump videos where it's like, you know, when your wife asks you if you ever got that chore done, you're telling me now for the first time. You know? let, let me, let me ask you Have you ever seen a media question come to Joe Biden to ask him name one good thing about Donald Trump? Oh, no. good point. Yeah. No, and you never will. <laughs> that is a typical mainstream media bias. Oh, totally. Yeah, totally is. So there was this other video that I was laughing about. You know who Ed Sheeran is? So Ed Sheeran is this, uh, is this you know, redheaded uh, ginger rock star, right, from the U.K. I thought he was Irish, but he's from the U.K. But So they have, all, they have all these videos that were photoshopped of Ed Sheeran, Sheeran Sheep. And he's singing along. And it looks like he's actually doing the Sheeran while he's singing the song. It's, it's hilarious. So Great video from the other day. Um, it might have been from CPAC where backstage Trump met with Javier Milei. Did you see that oh, video? Oh, that was awesome. The new president of Argentina. He, he just like, he was like a little kid. Oh, president! And yeah. he hugged him. I mean, I thought Secret Service was going to tackle the guy. And he was like, and Trump turns around and he goes, make Argentina great again. Oh, yes. Sabalo gigante! <laughs> That's John's uh, got something coming up this Saturday.